this is the place that I took my first breath. Uh, this is this is the place where you know like I said I had my first touchdown. I had my first my first star. Uh, I had my first girlfriend. I drove my first car. You know, this is where I created yeah. all of my first memories. Um, so for me, Wichita means life. I'm going to Wichita. I'm just a boy from Kansas. Not to run with the Welcome to another episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. My name's Landon. Today's sponsor is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. There are two locations at Woodlawn and Central and also downtown of the Epic Center. Try it out today. They have some of the best coffee in town. Today's guest is Elbert Mack, a.k.a. Skinny Chip Yatted. Elbert grew up in the northeast part of Wichita and currently lives here. Elbert attended Butler County Community College where he played football he went on to play at Troy and then with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, and Houston Texans in the NFL. He now owns the barbershop Midwest Blends on 13th and Woodlawn. He's involved in several more things, which we touch on a little bit in the podcast. I loved hearing his story and how he made it. Enjoy my conversation with Albert Mack. I'm here with Albert Mack, a.k.a. Skinny Chip Yatted, and we'll get into that a little bit. But can you tell the listeners yeah. a little bit about yourself? Uh, like you said, my name is Albert Mack. Um, I'm born and raised in Wichita, Kansas. Um, Northeast Wichita, to be exact. Um, I'm, I went to school here, like I said. Uh, this is home. Um, graduated uh, from Troy University in Alabama, um, and and ended up going to the NFL. I played a little sports. I played all sports, you know, growing up. Uh, but football got me the furthest. All right, awesome. Um, so, what part of town did you grow up in? What high school did you go to? Uh, I went to Wichita North. Okay. Wichita North High, Redskins. Yeah, I think that's controversial one way or another nowadays but redskin for life huh yeah i know right uh, yeah once a redskin always a redskin I'm, I'm sticking by it uh, i went to school there so they they know the meaning of it yeah for sure did you so you said you played all the sports what all did you play in high school uh play basketball football and track okay very cool yeah yeah did you uh did you think that was gonna kind of get you out of wichita going to play college or when did you realize you could go play in college uh well i really didn't even realize i was even considering college until uh the offer was on the table really um like i said i just always thought that i would uh be an athlete uh, mm-hmm. probably more towards basketball uh i'm, I'm a big basketball fan mm-hmm. um, so probably leaned a little bit more towards basketball up until you know probably about junior year um is when you know i started probably flourishing a little bit more in football than than i okay. had been in basketball and uh you know a couple coaches started coming around and and made it a realistic uh, dream. Um, so I just, you know, took the offers that I had and and hit the ground running. Sure. And you ended up going to Butler, but did you have any D1 or any other bigger colleges on the board, or was it mostly JUCOs to start? Uh, well, I had I had Tulsa. I talked to Tulsa a little bit. Then my mm-hmm. coach had connections with Southern Illinois. Okay. Um, a coach was there. Um, I talked to a few of those guys. Um, all of the division twos and, you know, yeah, the yeah. hazes and all sure. that type of stuff, you know, all of those people were at the door. Um, but it was my defensive back coach, coach Lawler and my head coach, coach Belden, um, that were like, Hey, you're a division one talent. Maybe you should just, you know, try to go during college. Um, you know, and if you can make it out of during college, they'll find you. And that's just kind of the mindset that I took into Butler and, uh, Troy found me. Yeah, for sure. What, what did you think of Juco life? Was it what you expected or what was it like? Junior college was probably the most competitive football atmosphere that I've probably ever been in. Um, and I say that just because, you know, it's only 50 spots. Um, and, you know, usually at junior colleges, they're, they're definitely more than probably 125 kids yeah. on campus. Um, whether or not, you know, they're on scholarship or not, you know, they're in town and they play football. Um, right. And then, you know, just the revolving door about it. Um, and then just knowing that, for one, it's junior college. For us, it's the first step um, of college. But, yeah. you know, to some of the people um, that you compete against that are out of state, it's like their second or third option. You know sure. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's, I mean, it's like a very, very competitive atmosphere having, you know, a bunch of Division One, five star, four star athletes um, on one field. And then you have a bunch of 
you know, no name, one star, two star Kansas kids that think they're, you know, everything in a bag of chips. And then you put all of them in one little setting, you know what I mean? You just kind of yeah. let them fight it out. And, 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 you know, when those Kansas kids were better, uh, it, it definitely created a lot of, uh, a lot of chaos in them locker rooms, man. You know, they hated to see Kansas kids do better than a lot of the <laughs> state kids. Um, but that was one of the reasons why I chose Butler because, uh, you know, I could just tell that they, you know, they were all about winning and they were sure. So, you know, they would put the best person on the field regardless of in-state or out-of-state. Yeah, for sure. Were you there? Because you were, when did you graduate high school? Uh, 2004. Okay. So you were there right when Butler was like in the primetime winning national champions left and right, right? Yeah, absolutely. They had just won the championship uh, the year before um, and we played for a title my freshman year. Um, we ended up losing uh, to Pearl River uh, and then the next season, we were ranked number one all year, and then we lose one game, uh, really a game that we shouldn't have lost. We blew the team out earlier in the season. Um, you know, but bunch of behind-the-scenes stories about that game. Um, sure. We ended up losing, um, being number one in the nation. And, you know, of course, we're butlers. So we're like Alabama. You lose one game, you know, everybody's trying to throw you out of there. So right. we ended up not playing for the national title that year. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it just is what it is. And sure. after that, I left and was off to Troy. Yeah. Um, but I have two younger brothers. Uh, my middle brother, he played at Highland for a year. And then okay. uh, my other brother, he went to Garden City for a year and he was the quarterback on the national championship team in 2016. He was the MVP of the national championship game. Oh, man. So you, that got was, genes, you got some genes in your family, too. We do. I just played high school. I didn't go any further. But yeah, they, he, it was pretty cool because he I mean, he competed against a guy that transferred from Virginia Tech at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that was supposed to go to Michigan State before he got in trouble. He was ahead of him, but he ended up starting actually against Butler was the first game. He didn't start the first two or three games, started against Butler, which is pretty cool because they didn't offer him and he kind of balled out against them and earned the spot. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, the, the Juco stories are crazy when there's D-backs coming from Bama that got bounced out or from UNC all over the place. It's crazy. All over. Our our quarterback that year, my freshman year, the year that we played for the national title is Zach Taylor, uh, Cincinnati Bengals head coach. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm a big Husker fan, so I know all about yeah. Zach Oh, exactly, yeah. I got an offer from Nebraska as well, bro. They came in late. Did you really? Yeah, that's that's where my mom wanted me to originally go to school. And then when I picked Troy, she kind of shed a couple of tears. And she was like, I wish you would have just stayed closer and went to Omaha. So did but you, yeah, pick, Nebraska came did in you late. pick Troy before – did you sign or anything before Nebraska offered, or how did that work out? I, I had verbally committed to Troy, um, okay. and you know, like you said, you didn't know a little bit about me, but I'm 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 pretty loyal, man. I, yeah. I I'm pretty you know pretty low key, and I just kind of stick to my word. And and once I had my mind made up, it's made up, man. And yeah. Nebraska called, and it was an offer where I kind of sit there. I was a little stunned for a little bit, um, and you know, I, it was probably the best decision I ever made. Um, yeah, because that well, that's was probably cool. the toughest. You know, I grew up in Nebraska. You know, in in the Nebraska realm, you know, we wore Nebraska colors. Everybody called us baby Nebraska. At mm-hmm. North, you know what I mean? So it was, it was kind of surreal. But uh, I'm glad I chose Troy because it all worked out for me. That's a cool story. I didn't know that about. It. That's really cool though. That's I, yeah, I respect uh, that. I had a friend that played at Coffeeville from high school. Um, so he played at Coffeeville. I think just for, just for a year, maybe two years, and then he went down to La Tech. Um, mm. And so he he had committed to them, and then I think KU offered late. But again, same kind of thing. Yeah. He was loyal to the first people that kind of gave him a shot. So. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes, man. Troy gave me a shot first, and then everybody else wanted to roll in late. Yeah, for sure. So how was your experience yeah. at Troy? I saw that uh, I think you led the nation in interceptions your senior year. Yep. So how how was uh, that experience at D1? Was it – I mean, you said Juco was super competitive or the most competitive, but how was D1 versus Juco? Um, Juco to D1 was like going from Division One to the NFL. Okay, about the same? Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was definitely an upgrade. Um you know, you from the little things from like going in there to be able to say, Leo, I need a new pair of gloves. You know, I spilled you or I ripped this pair. I need a new pair. You know what I mean, they would give yeah. you a pair and give you cleats. And, um, you know, you had a, a, a great meal plan, a bigger cafeteria, bigger variety, a bigger campus. You know what I mean? It was bigger weight room, sure. more coaches, you know, more tutors. So it was, you know, it was definitely an upgrade. Um, it was like going from 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 the army to uh to home basically sure yeah i got you um so something somebody wanted me to ask was we'll get since more of the nfl stuff but how much faster is the nfl versus college uh like just the pace of the game and everything or like to you how did it seem yeah absolutely it's, it's way faster um the players are faster um the play clock is faster um the decision making has to be faster 
Um, the linemen are faster. The linebackers are faster. I mean, you <laughs> the know, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very fast. I mean, it's sure. the elite of the elite. Yeah. It's the percentile. It's the three. What is it? Three percent? Two percent? Yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um. So, did you expect kind of maybe your senior year? I mean, you're having a great year. Did you expect to go to the NFL? Did you expect to get drafted? What was your mindset? Uh, going into my senior year, I. I mean. At Troy, I mean, you know, people were getting drafted left and right. I played with a safety, Brandon Condren. He got drafted um, the year before he went to the Colts. Um, you know, the year before I got there, you know, DeMarcus Ware, Omi Human Year. You know, the, there, there's other names, you know, of guys that are get drafted that play, in, you know, in the same uniform. Right. Um, so going into my senior year, um, I, it was more about just getting invited to a camp. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. see the coach on the sideline and, you know, they come through and they check you out and your measurements. Um but after my junior day, um, you know, you run the 40 and all that type of stuff, man. Uh, you know, that's when they started talking. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's a realistic chance, you know. Yeah. But after um, after the season was over and I led the nation in interceptions, uh, there was no doubt in my mind that I knew I would hear my name called. You know what I mean? It wasn't sure. just cocky. It was just – I really just kind of compared myself to the guys that I had been playing with. Like I said, the guys that got drafted before me. Um, and I just, I just knew that I would hear my name, and uh, I didn't. Yeah, just you know, it it I still worked out. You know yeah. what I mean? It still worked out. Were you? Did you like have a party and everything, or what? What was that like? Not getting picked? Well, I didn't have a party. I just kind of had my family come to my grandmother's house. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I had been getting calls from people left and right. You know, I really thought I was going to be a Cleveland Brown. They were probably one of the, the first teams that that talked about the fourth round. You know, all this type of stuff. You know, it's crazy with how the draft process goes. Yeah. All these teams are calling, and they're they're. They're selling you dreams. Hey, well, if you know if they, they don't get you in this round, then we're gonna try to scoop around and get you in the sixth round. Sure. But if they trade, then we'll trade. Um, so I just, you know, I'm glad I kept it small. Um, it was yeah. very intimate. Um, and even, you know, I probably, I, I basically verbally committed, um, or I guess you could say, you know, told Tampa that I would uh, come to Tampa literally probably ten minutes after the draft concluded. Sure. Um, yeah. So it, it, I didn't. It didn't take long. You know. What I mean, that hurt set in for probably a little. You know, probably ten minutes. I cried right. in the bathroom for a little bit. Um, and then one of my aunties came in and told me that Tampa had offered me. Um, I had got offer from the Chiefs. I had got offers from you know probably five or six different teams for probably triple the money. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, man, Tampa was one of the first teams that reached out to me. Um, during the entire process, you know, and told me that, you know, they would try to make me a Buccaneer at all costs. Um, and they, they drafted to keep to lead first round. Oh yeah. Raheem Morris called me and, uh, he called me probably fourth round and he was like, well, we're not going to pick another corner, but if you make it, you know, to where we can get you as an undrafted free agent, what sure. they call a priority free agent, then we'll come back and get you. Okay. Uh, and I remember I, I kind of hung up on him. I'm like, hey, man, it's, you know, three or four rounds left in this thing. You know, call me back later. You're talking about some, you know, if you don't get drafted. Right. Um, and, you know, they were one of the first teams that called immediately when the draft was over, man. So, you know, I just felt like that's where they wanted me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, four years later, you know, I'm, I'm on my way looking for another team. Sure. So you were there for four years. Is that what it was? Yeah, my first four years. It's not a bad time. stint, though. That's, I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. I did my entire, you know, whatever you call it, the, the quote unquote the rookie deal so yeah. i got that out the way yeah absolutely nice did so did you have to earn your spot still like that summer so you get drafted that summer i know i had a buddy from high school he played at k-state and then he was down at dallas he made it through preseason and got cut in the last round of cuts so were, did you know you had a spot or were you like i still got to prove myself now to uh you got to prove yourself every day yeah um, my, my whole seven years, I had to prove myself every day. Practice, meetings, it didn't matter. But that first year, um, I didn't really get a sigh of relief until they kicked the ball off. Um, just because you hear so many horror stories, you know, guys making the team, quote, unquote, right. and then, you know, they make it to probably about the third day right before the opening kickoff day, I mean, opening kickoff weekend, and, uh, you know, they get sent home. You know what I mean? And sure. I think, you know, everything happened for a reason because a lot of stuff happened right in my face from guys getting sent home. Um, you know, right the day before training camp to guys getting sent home, you know, like hours before, you know, you make the team or not. Right. So, you know, I, I, I never had a sense of uh, complacency, I guess you could say. Um, I always was the angry worker is what they nicknamed me, my, my nickname in NFL. <laughs> so I just always just, you know, tried to go out there and just be angry every day, man. That's what that's what football was about for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So had 
four years or so there, um, and then you went to the Saints and then the Texans. Is that right? Correct. What was the experience like? Was it a lot different team to team? What did that look like? Uh, yeah, it's different team to team. You know, everybody runs their organization different. Um, at the time, I wanted out of Tampa. I was um, highly disgusted, you know, with, with just, you know, thinking I knew everything. Um, just feeling like, you know, the way it all played out, I was just kind of upset. Uh, you know, I just wanted a new, uh, a new place, a new place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and New Orleans came knocking. Um, I went to New Orleans, thought the grass was greener. Um, I enjoyed the locker room. I enjoyed the team. Um, but, you know, like I said earlier, man, I'm just one of those type guys. I grew up as like, you know, you play for one team, you, you're, you're a hero. You know, you play 12 years, 15 years, you retire. You know, they carry you off into the sunset. You know, that was more of my mindset. So when I got to New Orleans, man, it was just – it was kind of hard for me to root for anybody else. You know, I did all my four years at North. You know, I did my two years at Butler like I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. I did my two years at Troy. You know what I mean? So was, yeah, yeah. I want to be in Tampa. I want to retire. You know, I'm in the locker room with Rondé Barber. Um, yeah. And, and so once I went to, to New Orleans, man, it just kind of hit me like, man, I'm not going to be one of those guys that just play for 15, 16 different teams for a paycheck. Right. You know, because yeah. I, like I said earlier, I never wanted to, you know, going to the NFL wasn't my childhood dream. You know, I just went because I was blessed enough and I was, you know, I was actually good in it. Um, sure. So by the time I got to Houston, man, I'm like, look, this is the third team. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to autograph some. 12 different teams, you know what I mean? Which, which number do you want on this one? You know, well, put your put your rookie number on that one. You know what I mean? It got to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Seven years is enough to take my butt home. Sure. that's. I mean, that's pretty dang good. I, I don't know what the average is, but that's probably a little bit above average, I guess. But Yeah, what they say, three and, three and a half or three years maybe? Or yeah, two something like, now, yeah so. something like that, yeah. Do you have a uh, like most memorable moment or what stands out the most from any stories or anything that stands out the most from your NFL career? Stands out the most. I'll probably say, um, I'll probably say when I first got my fine, um, but I, I literally played in my first, well, I'll say second game, um, and I got my first fine. I got suspended. I hit Matt Ryan helmet to helmet. Um, and that was the first time my name was like, you know, big. It was trending. They had me on, you know, pardon your interruption. You know, it was kind of yeah. crazy. It was, it was a crazy sequence for me to be like, man, my phone is ringing off the hook. Everybody's like, man, you, you got fine this weekend. You hit Matt Ryan helmet to helmet. It's on, it's on all the television shows. And Matt Ryan was a rookie, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was yeah. in that game. So you know how they're already evaluating him. Um, so it was a pretty big deal. You know what I mean? I ended up sure. getting suspended. Um, you know, the wow. guys in the locker room kind of got me a little closer with guys like Derek Brooks and stuff like that. You know, they cracked a lot of jokes on me and stuff, man. But that was probably probably the the – the most surreal moment um, because for one, uh, I didn't get a full game check. My first game check ever. I didn't get a full one because I was taxed due to, you know, the, yeah. uh, the, the helmet. Yeah. So wow. my first paycheck was real light compared to all the rest of the rookies. And <laughs> I, I was looking around like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe. And I made a conscious effort after that to play as clean as possible. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of so crazy too. Cause that's kind of, pre the last couple of years when that's been like a huge thing like no helmet you can't touch quarterback at all pretty much now and like yeah. targeting and everything that's crazy yeah it's flag football now so yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know how they playing nowadays yeah no kidding um who was the nicest or the meanest person you either played with or played against mm. the nicest person well, I'll start with the meanest, just because I played against him a lot, and we're like similarly. We're both like mean football players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Smith. Okay. Yeah, he's he's kind of like me. We're like real bipolar out there. You know, one one conversation, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, for sure, all right. I'll see you afterwards. You going to the club? Okay, I might see you in Atlanta. And then, you know, the next play, I'm like, forget everything that I just said. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, don't yeah. care. I play for them. You play for them. We're enemies. I don't care about nothing I just said. You tried me, now it's on. And Steve was the same kind of way. Um. Every time I played Steve, man, we had an altercation. Like, every, <laughs> like literally, every time you go back and look, man, every time we played, we had one of those excessive whistle plays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He probably was the meanest. I don't know who the nicest would be. Um, it's a lot of nice guys. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. pretty cordial. It ain't too many assholes running around. Yeah, I got you. Were you starstruck by anybody when you first met him? Uh, Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of caught me off guard uh, at a Super Bowl party um, my rookie year. And uh, we were kind of just standing off in the cut looking goofy is the reason why he even knew that we were rookies. <laughs> uh, he came up to us and he tapped us. He said, I can tell y'all rookies, huh? 
And me and my friend, we were kind of looking. James Lee, he he was a player too. He was both rookies. We kind of looked at each other like, yeah, yeah, we're rookies. He said, I can tell, man, y'all go have a seat, man. Y'all relax. Go, you know, settle in. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's yeah, a cool that's story, a, though. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure. That, was, that was my rookie year, and that was Donovan McNabb, man. That was crazy. I'm like, that was McNabb, man. He just – he knew we was rookies. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So your last year was with the Texans. What – how did you know you were kind of done with the NFL after that? Uh, well, I guess, I'll, I guess I'll finish on the story. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, when I got to the New Orleans, when I got to the Saints, um, it's kind of when I kind of realized, like, man, like, I wish I could have finished in Tampa. You know, I wish I could have yeah. finished what I started. Um, I felt like I still owed them a lot. I felt like they still owed me a few more opportunities. You know how that is, man. It just wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, a, a good breakup. But um, I get to get to Houston um, after a, after my year with the Saints. Um, perfect situation, man. I love it. We had a uh, Gary Kubiak was our head coach. Um, I loved our DB coach. Um, just everything about the locker room, Houston. I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, I can settle in here. You know, I mean, this is gonna be home. Um, Coach Cool gets sick, um, so he basically resigns. You know, um, mm. they kind of, you know, they kind of start scrambling. Uh, they they find a head coach. They bring in Bill O'Brien. Um, comes in, yeah, and it's crazy because I'm I run from college coaches. I like college coaches. They have big issues um but you know he came in you know and he, he kind of seemed like he would be different you know what mm-hmm. i mean he's like hey you know and then you know him being former you know patriot assistant i'm like well he's had nfl experience this isn't like a college coach coming sure. to NFL for the first time you know right. yeah um so i trusted him you know he, he, they promised me a bunch of stuff man they promised me a bunch to come back um and it it wasn't half of what they said um it it, it was ran completely different um than what I was accustomed to the last six years in the league, being a professional. Uh, and uh, I just, from that, from that, you know, from that season on, I just was like, look, I'm not, I don't know if I want to be lied to anymore. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be a special teams player from here on out. Like I'm too old. I'm a veteran. Um, maybe if it was all about the money, then yeah, of course, you know, I would have played till 12, 12, 13 season where I couldn't walk anymore. You know what right. I mean? But, um, I just, you know, I had a couple weeks, you know, where coach is looking at me and I'm looking at coach and I'm just like, look, I'm not going to ride the bench. And I just, that's not why I came. You know what I mean? You didn't give me a fair shake. I, I appreciate you guys keeping me around because I'm a veteran, you know, um, but they had their eyes on different guys. AJ Boyer was a rookie at the time. So he, you know, he ended up panning out being mm-hmm. a great guy. That's one of the guys that they wanted to push. Um, uh, it, it just was a bad situation. So, you know, Honestly, you know, when they released me, man, I, I knew when I packed my bags up, man, I wasn't I wasn't going anywhere else. You know, sure. I mean, I got probably three or four teams called me um, on the way home, and I remember when I got home, I I was I was good, man. I, I'm good. Sure. And I ended up, you know, starting into different endeavors. Sure. So, what was the next? What was the first step after that? So, I know you ended up starting a barbershop at some point. You Wichita Force. What was the kind of the order there, and what what were you stepping into next? Um, well, I wasn't done playing football. I know that I still wanted to play football, but I just mm-hmm. didn't want to do it under the NFL umbrella anymore. If okay. that makes any sense. Yeah. It was just, they took the fun out of it for me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. four years in Tampa, you know, everything went good. Then I'm like, oh, well, I'm not leaving. Then I go to New Orleans and I'm like, oh, well, okay, well maybe I shouldn't have left, but you know, they having problems. Oh, golly. Now they, they putting, they putting college kids in front of me to, you know, now I'm in the the fifth, sixth year to where they're drafting guys, but they're not drafting guys. You know, mm-hmm. They want to fill guys out. They're not going first round, but they'll go third round. You know right, what I mean? Right. I'm probably in that situation where I'm like, okay, well, now I got to beat out rookies every year. Um, I'm done. You know what I mean? Done. Right. So I come home. Um, it's probably November. Um, I run into Clarence Anderson somewhere. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I ran into I know Clarence. Clarence, yeah. We ran into Clarence somewhere, and this is probably, you know, five months down the road and he's like man you know what are you doing i'm like man i'm just chilling i'm about to start you know opening up a barbershop you know i got different things i got going on he's like we'll play for the force so i'm like all right i played for the force for a little bit um the coaching was at that point the coaching was it was i mean i'm not trying to say i'm an expert this is my first season in indoor but i'm like some of these plays i could draw myself like we're harder than what we were you know what i mean i'm like if i'm gonna be out here you know, I want to be able to play at my fastest because I don't get any passes. I'm an ex-NFL guy. If a guy catches a three-yard hitch on me, you know, they're talking stuff. So I remove myself from the force, and then I'm like, well, let me just focus on getting my barbershop up and running. 
I invest in my barbershop, Midwest Blends. Um, I start pressing the issue on it. I find a building. Um, I get the barbers. I start, you know, getting all that together. I go ahead and enter myself into barber school um, to, 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 to get my license. Um, and then the following season, I play a year with the force again. I come back. Mm-hmm. Um, the barbershop is, you know, fully loaded. It's running well. Um, I play with the force. We end up winning a, a championship that year. And uh, I just been chilling, I guess, you know, ever since you can say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was kind of that's kind of like how I transitioned into it. OK. Did, did I read something on Wikipedia about like a China team, China football or something? Yeah, yeah. The the coach that coached the uh, defense, the championship year that I played in 2016, he was the head coach for the China team. Okay. And he offered it to me. Uh, he played over there two years, maybe. He coached, excuse me, coached over there two years. The first year I turned it down. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to go to China to play football. You know, I'm thinking right. it's, you know, it's play, play. And then he, like, sending me videos. He's sending me, you know, the atmosphere was ridiculous. I'm like, man, I missed it. So I'm like, I'll go back this year. Um, and then they draft, you know, everything goes through. And then they ended up not uh, having a season due to not having enough sponsorships. Oh, wow. Okay. Over. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, gotcha. So I didn't end up going back over, man. So I didn't even get a chance to play over there. So you, so you never – I didn't realize that. I guess I don't. they don't really spell that out on Wikipedia about you. Yeah, so. they don't. And then it says still present. Like, so they, didn't, they never know that it even happened. You know what I mean? Wow, so that's crazy. That's all about. So yeah. you never really got kind of the the – I don't know what you call it – victory lap or like a last stand. I didn't. Um, I, re- I didn't have a retirement party. Um, I didn't even announce that I was retiring. You know what I mean? It was just so you're not retired. You can come out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fully retired now. Everybody knows that, man. I'm, I am fully retired. Um, I just want to, you know, just sit back and enjoy life now. That's where I'm at sure. right now. Do you, uh, would you, or have you heard of like the Wichita Flag Football League? Yeah. Do you, are you any interest in doing that? Or is that like a young man's game? Uh, I you go look at the highlights and then we'll we'll talk off camera. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nah, but yeah, no. Nah, I wish Tom who that man. We, uh, yeah, we we dominate that league, man. Okay, and, I didn't realize you played. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we dominated that league for a long time, for at least the last two and a half. Three That's years. funny. I guess I've watched a couple like random clips. I guess I never put two and two together. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, we dominated that league for a while, man. Um, uh, but you know, like I said, every dog has his day, man. And sure. And that, that day has passed me also. <laughs> sure. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so coming out of Wichita, do you think that's, I don't know, do you think it helps coming out of Wichita or do you think it hurts? Because I know we, I mean, there's a laundry list of people. You got you, Devonte Harris is playing right now, the Brown brothers, Chris Harper, Cameron Wembley, Blake Bell. I mean, you could just keep going down the list. Barry Sanders. Um, yeah. So do you think it helps or hurts or do, what do you think of about athletes or football players coming out of Wichita? Uh. I just feel like we aren't – we don't have enough exposure. We're not exposed enough um, to, you know, the football circuit, I guess you could say. The basketball circuit here, um, you really don't have a choice. You know, if you beat up on everybody here, there's several different opportunities for you to go play for different championships in different states. Sure. You know what I mean? With AAU, yeah. MAYB, you know, sure. all the different type of AAU circuits. But football, we don't have that. Right. Um, so it's harder for, you know – for you to make a name here in football than it would be in any other sport, I feel. Or, you know, you know, I guess other than basketball. Sure. Um, so it it hurts to some degree, but it helps when you get to your destination. Because okay. now you have that. For me, I had the chip on my shoulder. You know what sure. I mean? Like, yeah. I'm a Wichita kid. Okay. You, you don't think Kansas kids can play football? Okay, well, let me show you. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that, for me, it, it motivated me more than anything. Um, and I'm just one of those type of guys where I just have a lot of um, uh, a lot of pride, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of uh, just love and loyalty for, you know, my city and where I come from. Um, so wherever I went or wherever kids go, I feel like that should be their niche. Um, you know, yeah. being from Wichita, you know what I mean? Because you're, yeah. you're going to be the token kid nine times out of ten. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It, it hurts um, to some degree. Um, but it can help also. You just have to turn your positives into a negative. I mean, turn your negatives into a positive and, and you'll see great results, you know what I mean, at the end of the day for it. so Sure. Uh, do you think there's a kind of a solution for that to get more exposure? Like if we had, like, I don't know, like a spring flag league for high school kids or something like that. 
Yeah, we 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 do have a spring flag uh, circuit. Um, uh, like you said, I don't. I have a uh, football program that uh, I'm working on right now. It's called the Wichita Week uh, American Football Club. Okay, and, there we go. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm going to um, try to uh, get this city to push. Um, is a spring circuit um, to get these kids seen um, because we don't we don't have we don't have enough examples. We don't have enough. Yeah. Uh, we don't have enough uh, platforms and, and enough, I guess, guys that have done it still in it, if that makes any sense. Sure, yeah. Because I know that I've been distant from the game for the last five or six years. You know what I mean? Right. Football, yeah. whatever. When I was done with football, I've been done with football. But um, but now, uh, like I said, I'm going to you know, get this program up and running. Um, yeah. Due to COVID, you know, it kind of slowed me down a little bit. Sure. Uh, but I'm glad because I wasn't ready. I'm not ready yet. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I'm ready, it'll be the right time. And I'm going to get, you know, as many kids as I can uh, into a program um, and get these kids graduated and get them off to college and, and, uh, and, and do some big things for the city, man. That's what I'm hoping to do. I like that. Well, if there's anything I can help promote or anything, I love that idea. So, I, I mean, I played football. I went out, uh, I went to Andover Central out in Andover. And I, okay. I mean, I, I know high school football. I mean, kids love high school football. We're not Texas, but people love high school football. And I know there's a lot of kids that want to make it to that next level. They just don't yep. have a shot. So, yep. Yep. And that's what I want to try to provide. You know what I mean? Try yeah. to provide that, that, uh, that quote unquote, that AAU football team. Sure. That's, that's exactly, uh, what I'm trying to put together. Love it, man. I love it. Um, so we're going to pivot a little bit. We talked a lot about football. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your music. So, okay. Uh, skinny chip yatted. Can you yeah. talk about the name a little bit? Have you always been into music? What's that look like? Yeah, always been into music. Uh, skinny chip yatted. Uh, that comes from skinny in stature, um, to the chip teeth, and then yatted is the tattoo. So it's okay. like skinny chip yatted all in one. Did, did you do that yourself, or did somebody give that to you? I came up with it myself. I used to go by chip teeth. Um, chip teeth. I don't even know where that came from. I just <laughs> that was like my old Twitter name or MySpace. I don't know yeah. something like that. Um, and then it just kind of evolved into Skinny Chip Yadid. Okay. I want to say I might have named one of my 2K players Skinny Chip Yadid, and that's kind of how it came from Sure. That. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah sounds more realistic. <laughs> so how long, I guess, what are you doing right now? I, I've looked up on Spotify a little bit. I've been listening to some stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Do you put out albums, EPs? What does that look like as far as your process? Uh, I put out two EPs um, over the last two years. Um, music kind of just comes and goes. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm one of them type of people. One day I feel like writing music. One day I feel like being an athlete. One day I feel like being a barber. One day yeah. I feel like sitting at home. Yeah. One day, you know, I mean, I feel like I just want to go drive my car. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's just that's just who I am. And uh, I've been trying to embrace that part of me um, as much as possible right now because sometimes I can find myself getting in the funk if I don't feel like I'm being productive. Sure. But I am being productive. I'm just being productive in areas that I feel more interested in, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So with the music, man, it's like literally like one day I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm going to write and I'll write. You know what I mean? And sure. Some days I'll just go completely, you know, opposite and, um, you know, and, and do something completely different. And, you know, the music won't even be, be thought of for a month or so. Right. So, so yeah. like pre-COVID, were you pre- you perform or do you just make music or? No, I love performing. Yeah. That's that's probably that's that. I think that's like the instant gratification that I've been chasing since football. Sure. Since the retirement of football, uh, you know, you get you get so accustomed to hearing those crowds and and just you know seeing the looks on people's face and just being able to feel the energy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the rush and the thrill that I get performing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care how big, how small. Um, the venue, uh, if there's an opportunity and I feel like it, it'd be, you know, a good look on my part, sure. Um, and on my team's part, then we're going to take part in it, man. It's just, you know, you can't turn down those, man. You got to have experience. You got to experience the live, the live part of the music. Yeah, for sure. Do you have like a, a big time vision, like on your vision board for like your rap career, or is it just taking it day by day and seeing where it goes? Uh, which right now it's just kind of day by day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, when I first started, I had just retired, you know, it was, like I said, it was like one of those things where one day I was like, I'm, I'm going to be the biggest artist ever. You know, I'm going to put all this money behind it. And then the next day I woke up like, oh, I got to get this barbershop rolling. So it was just kind of, you know, kind of been up and down. And yeah. then you know, over the last year or so, I just kind of realized like, you don't work for anybody. You know, you don't have any ties to anything, you know, just go with the flow. Yeah. If, you know, if, if your barbershop hits to where now your barbershop is being sponsored on commercials and that's it. If your music goes to where now you're touring the world, 
then that's it. You know, if, if you know, you get a shot to do X, Y, and Z, then that'll be it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Sure. I don't want to stress myself out. I did that enough seven years in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, you've earned it. You've earned it. Yeah, I'm through with that. What do you think the kind of the correlation between like athletes and rappers is? I mean, you got like Lonzo Ball or Dame Dalla, you. Where do you where do you think that comes from? Uh, I think it from seeing childhood friends. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. You know, you see people that you play with in high school that you be like, man, I used to dog him. How did he get there? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the same thing when it comes to the rapper athlete thing because you know we all grew up together you know what i mean we, we yeah. all know the kid that was beating on the locker you know and he and then he eventually makes it you're like damn he was trash right you know i'm like now nah, he's a rapper like man that's crazy and and not to say that i have any memories like that of anybody here because you know everybody be sensitive about stuff like that but <laughs> i just know that that happens a lot you know what sure. I, mean? so I feel like that's the rapper uh the rapper athlete correlation you know what i mean and then you know when you're out at the clubs at nightlife you know the rappers you know, one night they might win and one night the athletes win, you know, when it comes to the women, the bottles, you know, all that. Yeah. Stuff. So it, it, it goes a little deeper than, than, than the surface, you know, sure. So you just have to be in it to know it. Yeah, sure. So are yeah. you kind of, I'm assuming you're kind of in the, um, I don't know what you call it atmosphere, I guess, with all the other rappers in town. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say, uh, me personally, I'm, I'm skinny. I'm by myself. You okay. know what I mean? I, I haven't clicked up. Um, I have done features with, with, with artists in the city that are just as professional or serious about their craft. You know what I mean? I just don't try to waste my time and, sure. um, you know, try to be around any and everything, you sure. know, um, the, the artists that I, that I respect, um, I've done music with, and there's a lot of artists that I still respect that I haven't done music with. Right. Um, but I, I don't, I have my own studio, I, you know what I mean? I have everything at my own disposal to where I really don't, I really sure. don't get much from the city as yeah, far as you know, when it comes to, you know, Click, clicking up and collabing with guys, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. So I got some kind of general questions here in a minute and a couple kind of Wichita-centric questions. But right before we get to that, um, Twisted twisted Thief, Twisted Thieves, twisted can you talk about that? A little? Yeah, can you talk about that? Yeah, that's that's my clothing line. That's, uh, since 2013, um, I actually started working on that my first year in Houston. And I okay. told you when I got to Houston, I was just kind of sitting around. I'm like, well, this is a good situation. You know, I, I kind of got comfortable there that first year, and man, everybody was in the fashion, everyone. Um, so I was like, well, you know, that's one of the first things that maybe I could pick up. Um, you know, would be something that I'm into is fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, cool, let's start a clothing line. I start the clothing line, uh, Twitter Teeth Thieves, and uh, we've been making clothes ever since, man. And like I said, that's one of those things too, where I'm just up and down with it. If it hits, you know, to where we're now where you know people are wearing my clothes all over the world, then then that's one of the things. But uh. I'm just gonna live by that. You can't catch any catch any fish with your pole out the water, and and that's just kind of it. Yeah. So as many many baited poles. If I I can get out there in that bank, uh, I'm gonna do it. Uh, so I'm gonna bite one day. Yeah, for sure. And you yeah. do that with your brothers, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yep. 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 I gave it to my little brother Chaz. Uh, I officially gave it to him um, during the COVID. Um, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to get some of that weight off my shoulders, man. Yeah. And he's into fashion as well. Um, and I said, what better situation than to be able to give it to him? Yeah, that's um, cool. He had his first event, um, like a month or two ago. Yeah. Probably not even that long ago. He had his first event. It went, it went very, very, very good, man. So, um, Twitch T Thieves is, uh, is, it's, it's on the rise again. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's cool, man. That's good to hear. Cool. All right. Uh, these next couple questions, I kind of pick and choose from some of my other podcasts that I like. Um, okay. so what is something that you often recommend to people like a book or music or anything like that? Often recommend. Um, oh man, you put me on the spot with that one. What is something that I would recommend? It could be music, movies, podcasts, TV shows, anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch really nothing on TV. I watch ESPN almost every day, unless I'm watching <laughs> CNN. Uh, um. Earl Nightingale, are you familiar with the name? But no, nothing about nothing. Well, yeah, he 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 was uh, he's a guy um, that I guess you could say he's uh, he's an in, what would you even call him? He's a motivator, I guess. Or okay, he uh, he he has a bunch of YouTube uh, YouTube videos and vlogs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, just you know, teaching the mind. Uh, 
or you know teaching you how to control your mind and control your thoughts and yeah. you know, be able to control your your habits your everyday spending you know basically just he talks about being a man but it, it can correlate from men or women um that is something that uh i can say that i've actually listened to several 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 times okay different uh his different uh you know different episodes i guess you would say on youtube um so that's not something that i would just every day recommend but you put me on the spot uh and and that's one of my go-tours if i'm having a bad day or no that's great or, or or need something like that uh his name is earl nightingale and he has a bunch of stuff on youtube man just check him out his voice is kind of creepy at first <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't listen to him right before bed. I would get up and, you know, listen to him in the mornings because he has one of those, uh, what are those, those unsolved mystery voices. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, he got one of them creepy voices, but, yeah. man, his message is everything. All right, yeah, I appreciate that. That's a good one. Um, what is a favorite failure you have in any aspect of your life? Favorite failure? Probably getting cut from the basketball team eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eighth grade was probably uh, the most pivotal year, I would say, in my adolescence uh, from football uh, and basketball. Eighth grade was the first year that I didn't start football, offense or defense. Um, we had a kid come over um, by the name of Odell Bell. He was an animal. Um, he was better than me, bigger than me, faster than me. He just so happened to play quarterback, you know? So. <laughs> Um, he came over, man, and, and we ended up going undefeated. We, you know, we beat our arch nemesis, the Bulldogs, for the first time ever um, my eighth grade year. But I dealt with a bunch of, um, you know, just – I just couldn't find myself. You know, I just yeah. didn't understand. I'm already the little kid, the oddball out. You know, the only thing that was near and dear to me was that I was able to still be the quarterback. You know, everybody's growing past me, getting bigger than me, faster than me. Um, but I was just a competitor, you know? Yeah. Um, so he ended up, you know, taking the team, like I said, to an undefeated season. And I just remember the entire season. I just kept telling people, I don't care. I don't care. I'm a basketball player. I don't care. I'm a basketball player. I play basketball anyway. I'm, I'm going to high school to play basketball. Um, and when eighth grade year rolled around, um, I, I had that attitude. Um, I was the only returning seventh grader from the team. You know, you know how middle school basketball yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I played at John Marshall. And I just, I had that, you know, I had to show people that football didn't affect me. And I didn't realize that it was affecting my basketball game. And, uh, I, you know, I just had that, that I don't care attitude. And I ended up getting cut eighth grade. Um, and I was by far probably, if I wasn't the best, I probably was, I'll say, top two, top three guy on the team. <clears throat> and it was a humbling experience because Coach Nash taught me a lot, you know, with, with cutting me. Um he just taught me to just never take it for granted. You always have to earn everything that you have. Um, and that's just kind of how I felt with, you know, with the Tigers. I just felt like, you know, he didn't come over and earn it. They gave it to him, which, you know, we all knew what he was capable of at other spots. But, you know, when he came over, he took my number. That probably was the most yeah. that hurt. He took my number, too. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like eighth grade going into that. Um, and, you know, I just took basketball for granted, man. And Coach Nash ended up cutting me. Um, he offered me back on the team and, you know, me still being hard headed. I'm like, no, thank you. You know, I'll, I'll respectfully pass. I don't want to play basketball this year. And it was good because I didn't do anything. I uh, uh, ran track. I was still undersized in the hurdles. I got my butt kicked every week in that. You know, so it was good. It was a good year. It was a good butt kicking year Yeah. Um, for me. Uh, and that set me up for high school, man. You know, I ended up getting the last, the last of everything. I worked my butt off. I ended up, you know, helping my team, you know, North to get its first winning record in years. Um, I was a part of a great basketball team. We ended up, you know, going to state a few times. We didn't win it, but we went. Um, and I was able to compete, you know, at the state championship level in track, in the hurdles, yeah. you know what I mean, to qualify top fastest time for several weeks at, 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 at any time during the state. You know, I just look back on my whole eighth grade, and I'm like, man, it was just a crazy experience. But I stayed down. Um, I stayed the course. And when yeah. it was my time, you know, I, I – I had my turn. So that probably would be the, the most, uh, I guess, the worst, best moment, you know, was, sure. that, was that yeah. eighth grade, that entire eighth grade. That's a great story. It's like, it reminds me of like the Michael Jordan getting cut from basketball or whatever in high school. And yeah, when he was a sophomore. Yeah. yeah. And that, I tried to pivot off of that a little bit, man. But I was, he got cut because they said he wasn't good enough. I got cut because I was in Wichita, Kansas, and I thought I was better than people. And I was <laughs> sure. nowhere near, probably in the top 10% good. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your definition of success? A smile. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, 
um, everybody has their own definition of success. You know, whether it be, you know, graduating high school, owning, uh, you know, a super Walmart, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, or being president of the United States. States, um, you know, everybody has their own mark on what they feel is uh, successful. Um, so me personally, I feel like if you're smiling, if you're happy, um, if you feel like you've done all that you could do, then you've had a successful run. You know what I mean? If you can look back and smile and say, man, that was that was a run, then, you know, then you can say, hey, you know, I, I feel like I succeeded in, in whatever it was that I set out to do. Job yeah. work regardless yeah. i love that yeah. do you have a life motto that you live by or what is some of the best advice you received dr williams he was our uh he was our counselor at north high um or assistant principal one of the he was assistant principal and every day that he would do the uh you remember when we were high school they would do the morning announcements yeah yeah so they would do morning announcements and he would end morning announcements every day with the day is have a good day or not, the choice is yours. And I remember freshman year, we you know we used to laugh. Like, Dr. Wills, he sounds crazy. You know, he always said the same stuff every time. <laughs> and by the time you get to your senior year, it starts sinking in. Like, have a good day or not, the choice is yours. You know what I mean? And then it really started settling in. Like, man, you can really pick and choose if you're going to have a good day or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They always tell you, you can't let a few minutes of a bad day or a five-minute phone call ruin the rest of your 24 hours or you know i mean i know it's cliche but it's the truth yeah you know what i mean like that's that's probably some of the best advice he could give you every day have a good day or not the choice is going to be yours you can you can either get in trouble you could sit here and pout you know what i mean you can complain or you can try to turn your situation around for the better and he would say that every morning all four years i was at wichita north high if that man was speaking that's how he ended his conversation Every time, every time the morning announcements were finished with Dr. Williams' words. That's cool. That's that's really good. That's awesome. And it stuck with you to today. So. Stuck with me to this day. Yeah. Yeah. What's a habit that you've developed over the past couple of years that's most improved your life? Controlling my thoughts. Yeah, controlling my thoughts, man. Uh, you know, when you first when you first come out of that league, uh, or when you first come out of anything that you've, you know, invested your entire life to, um, you know, when you come when you come out of it, now you see, okay, this is the real world now. Like, okay, I've been in this tunnel, you know, doing this for the longest. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and now you're you're thrown out to the wolves, and uh, you know, you, you you sometimes you you get down on yourself really really fast. Um, I had spoke earlier on that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize what it was that I was chasing um, until you know I started having these conversations and being able to control how I was thinking and started thinking about some of the things I was thinking or why am I thinking this or how am I getting to this point? Um, and it all came to just being able to control my own thoughts. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of the stuff that you go through are, are probably, you know, things that you either hypothetically created in, in your brain or, you know, things that either someone else told you you could or couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're uh, being realistic with yourself is probably the hardest thing you could do. So if you can control your thoughts and be realistic with yourself, um, that, that's a good trait. And I would say being able to probably control my thoughts has probably been the best thing that I've sure. probably picked up over these last couple of years. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, I just got a couple kind of Wichita questions. So what is your favorite part of Wichita or what's a hidden gem in Wichita? Hidden gem. Favorite part. Uh, well, like I said, I'm a Northeast guy. So Northeast Wichita all day, every day. Um, I would say like, you know, the entire Pyatt Park um, – Lynette Water Center, Medset, uh, you know, the Boys and Girls Club, when it used to be on 21st and Grove. Um, man, uh, the swimming pools, the Mac Adams swimming pools. Um, I mean, a lot of my, a lot of my childhood stuff here is, is you know, it's all about, you know, the, the city of Wichita, man. It's the culture. Yeah. Um, I bought into. Um, uh, I mean, that, that would probably be some, you know, this is my side of town, man. I love this side of town. This is where I'm at home. Um <clears throat> It's just, it's, I mean, just you have to come over and see it. Not yeah. you. I'm just saying, you know, to the listeners, man. Sure, it's, yeah. It's 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 not much, but it's it's a beautiful place. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't, or what would you improve about Wichita? Improve. I would improve the. Uh, we just need to not 
say that we need to be a bigger city because that's why I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. Because I love the speed of the city. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, man, like, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, the platforms, um, you know, especially had um, bigger means or, or bigger opportunities to be heard, be seen, bigger stages for whatever it is. If it's, you want to, you know, cook up to able to, you know, to get on some of these cooking shows and, um, you know, our platform just being from Wichita, we just always, we'll, we'll get to you, we'll get to you, we'll get to you, you know, I just wish that we did have a, a bigger, uh, a bigger city mentality or a bigger platform sure um, for, for the kids and, you know, for the, for the adults um, that are, you know, going off into business and stuff like that to help, you know, to get out here and compete with some of these bigger, bigger market cities. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. For sure. Um, okay. I lost your video, but I can still hear you. So, um, just have one more question. There you go. Okay. Um, what does Wichita mean to you? What does Wichita mean to me? Wichita means, uh, life. Uh, Wichita means life. This is the place that I took my first breath. Um, this is, this is the place where, you know, like I said, I had my first touchdown. I had my first my first car, uh, I had my first girlfriend, I drove my first car, you know, this is where I created yeah. all of my first memories. Um, so for me, Wichita means life. I mean, you know, here's everything that I know from, you know, from my family to the things that I was taught to the things that, um, to the things that I do now, um, to the way that I talk, to the, um, to the way that I listen, you know, Wichita molded me, man. So when I think about Wichita, I think about life. I think about uh, say Wichita. I start instantly thinking about everything that it's given me and everything that it's gave to me, and and just how blessed I am to even be a part of it and to even be able to speak um, Wichita on 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 a national stage uh, will always be near and dear. Yeah, I love that man. That's a perfect answer. Um, where can people find you on social media? Where are you active? Uh, I'm not really active too many places anymore. Um, I guess you could say. Uh, Instagram, um, or, uh, or Twitter. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not really, really too much into social media, not too more. Man. I told you I'm trying to retire. I'm trying to, no, I I'm trying to fall off into the sunset. I want to be less accessible. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's my goal. Be less accessible, man. I've been too accessible for too many people for too long. All right. Well, I'm still going to link it up so people can find you if they want it. Uh, yeah, Midwest blends, sure. if they want to come get their haircut. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate it, man. I'll have to stop by the barbershop sometime, say hi when you're there, shoot you a text and see if you're there. Um, But I really appreciate you coming on. I think this is an awesome story that a lot of which I hasn't heard, and I want to get out there. So Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, man. man. I I appreciate everything. Yeah, have a good one, Albert. See you, man. All right, now you too. Bye. Thank you again to everyone that listened to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. If you enjoyed, please rate and review our podcast on whatever app you use. If you have any recommendations, please reach out at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again.